You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy, Rocky Magana, Kramer Sansone in the background, helping us keep this thing moving on Sunday evening after another Chiefs victory in week five of the NFL season. They take down the Minnesota Vikings 27 to 20. Rocky, we got a lot to get into. Um, it was a stressful game. I don't think I enjoyed this game very much for the most part. And there's a lot of layers as to why I didn't enjoy this game very much. Um, But at the end of the day, uh, the Chiefs did enough to hold off a strong Vikings offense and put up enough points to come away with a victory in a tough road test, even though I know the Vikings are one in three, but they're a much better team than their one in three record right now. They moved to one in four. Chiefs moved to four and one. Impressive win overall, but still kind of a a frustrating and nerve-wracking day for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, it was frustrating and nerve-wracking, and it shouldn't have been because, yeah, okay, they're a good offense, but, like, are they a good offense? Like, it was a stressful day, but who on their team actually balled out? Like, you look at the the Vikings. (laughs) Vikings have a very good offense. They do have a very good offense, but who, who balled out today? Like Kirk cousins passed for 284 yards. Alexander Madison had 26 yards on the ground for 3.3 yards rushing. Jordan Addison led the team with 64 yards receiving. And yeah, Justin Jefferson got hurt, but before that he was three for 28, you know, on six targets. Like it's like nobody on their team actually balled out today, but yet the game felt so much more stressful than it should have been, I think, because the Chiefs also, on top of it, the, they got three sacks, but it didn't feel like the pass rush was all that effective today. And, like, and they shot themselves in the foot a lot. Like, I'm sorry, Uncle Dave not being ready for a fake punt and also then the, then the fair catch interference shot the Chiefs in the foot. The Chiefs had a lot of opportunities where they kind of just, like, hurt themselves. But the but make no mistake, the Vikings didn't play an exceptionally good football game today. Like, they weren't that good. The Chiefs were the better team from start to finish. The Chiefs should not have let them be in this game as much as they were. So, I, I agree, and I totally agree with you about the Chiefs' pass rush. Um, there was just not enough pressure on Kirk Cousins today, uh, considering that, that Vikings offensive line is nothing that should intimidate you whatsoever and how well the Chiefs' pass rush has played this season. That's part of my frustration from today's game, but I I think we have to kind of start with the offense in this game because that's what everybody is talking about coming out of it. And I already mentioned Justin Jefferson gets hurt, leaves the game with a hamstring injury. Uh, I'm sure there'll be an update on him as he's an absolute superstar player, had by far his worst game of the year against the Kansas City Chiefs secondary. But we'll get into the defense. We have to address the offense to start things off, And, and it's because... Travis Kelsey obviously goes down in the first half, non-contact injury. And I I have a lot of thoughts uh, about this and the way that, one, it was handled on the television broadcast and the way that we react to it in the media and on social media, on Twitter and and all of that and all the speculation. And the I, I really, really despise the superstar player gets hurt. Let's assume it's worst case scenario and put that out there instead of just waiting for the team to report what's going on. I really, really despise that uh, about uh, the NFL community right now. It's something that I really, really don't like uh, about how we, uh, about how we navigate injuries in the NFL, but Travis Kelsey goes down non-contact leg injury and obviously has to go to the locker room before the end of the first half comes out. Second half is not out there for the first possession, working it out, working it out. 
eventually returns to the game, catches a touchdown pass, and has a couple other big plays in the game and still looks effective. So it's reportedly an ankle injury, something that he obviously played through in the second half, and he was cleared by the medical staff to return to the game. So hopefully it's something that isn't going to be a long-term thing. But this goes back to something that we've talked about on this show, Rocky, and something that I've talked about a ton on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network after Travis Kelsey suffered a knee injury before week one. Stop making him practice all the time. He's 34 years old. Let's get him some limited veteran rest days throughout the week. Please, Andy, for the love of God, he's getting old. He can't take it anymore. So while everything's okay, it seems like Travis Kelsey is healthy. He came back in, made plays, helped the Chiefs get a win today. But everybody was freaking out in the first half. And that's part of what made this game so nerve-wracking and frustrating for me. Well, and here's the thing is, I was as guilty as anybody with the Travis Kelsey like non-contact injury. It didn't look good real time. Um, I tweeted out, you know, non-contact injuries usually don't end up well. I was wrong. I overreacted. So, you know what, Travis Kelsey, I'm sorry for for underestimating you. My heart sank when I saw Travis Kelsey hit the turf there, though. I think that happened with everybody in Chiefs Kingdom. Like you see, number 87 go down, like 15 or 87 go down as a Chiefs fan and you're you're understandably like holy crap like this is no bueno like we like these are the two numbers we can't go without like these are two these are our two dudes we can't play without them and you see that injury go down and the worst case scenario goes through your brain i was wrong i'm glad that he came back it seems like he just rolled his ankle you can tape that up hopefully thursday we'll see what happens if he, if he's available then but he was able to play through it I thought he cut really well, moved really well, was able to get a touchdown. So, I mean, Kelsey's a gamer. Now, the thing about him getting a, a veteran rest day, here's my only pushback on that, is that he's on record on New Heights saying, like, like making fun of Jason Kelsey for taking a veteran rest day, saying, I don't need a veteran rest day. I don't like, care. Like, you're, like, like you're old. Like, yeah, yeah, he said, he told Jason, like, you're old, you're fat, you're a lineman. Of course you need a veteran rest day. I don't need a veteran rest day. Do I think you need a veteran rest day? Yes, Travis. For all of our sake, I think you need a veteran rest day. Oh. You're not you're not as young as you used to be, bro. And, and that's kind of apparent so far this season. Now, I, I'm not saying that you know maybe he'll get healthy and there's no concern with him the the rest of the season moving forward. But we're only five weeks into this thing. He suffered two different injuries now, two different lower body injuries. He just turned 34 years old. His birthday was just here recently, and it it goes without or it should go without saying that he is the one replaceable uh, irreplaceable part on the offense aside from Patrick Mahomes like that's why my heart sank when he goes down i despise the overreaction and the need for social media and and just nfl media in general to immediately be like oh man heart goes out to him season ending injury I absolutely despise that reaction. And I really wish people would stop immediately going to worst case scenario in these situations, because obviously he was able to return to it and we don't need to do that uh, immediately, but that's why it's so concerning, obviously, because he is not replaceable. He, you, he, there's nobody on this roster who can step in and fill the void that he would leave. There's nobody on the roster who steps in and has that kind of psychic connection with Patrick Mahomes it always seems to be open, always finds the open space in the zone and whatever. There's nobody in this thing that can make it work like Travis Kelsey makes it work with Patrick Mahomes. And so the receivers, we saw a little bit more promise from them today. But again, they still weren't game changers. They still weren't game breakers. They still didn't do anything that made you be like ecstatic coming out of this game against the Minnesota Vikings. So if something happens to Travis Kelsey, then it's... Massive panic on the offensive side of the ball. So thankfully, Kelsey is healthy. Chiefs put it together, and they did enough on Sunday to get a win. I just think that we really need to start having those conversations. And I'm I'm going to ask Pete if he will ask Andy Reid on Monday about getting Kelsey some veteran rest because for the love of God, that man's tired. He's been going for a long time. Has not missed any games ever in his career prior to this season, other than the COVID year. And he deserves some rest because, you know, he knows what he has to do out there on, on 
uh, on a weekly basis during a Sunday football game. So I'm not worried about his preparation or anything like that, but he is at the stage of his career now where it's perfectly reasonable to question how much longer he can hold up and play at this level, because even coming off of the knee injury, it's perfectly acceptable to say that Travis Kelsey hasn't quite looked like himself so far through this portion of the season. He's been a little bit slower. I think that knee is bothering him a little bit more than they're letting on, even though they're not listing him on the injury report. And he's been fully participating in practice at 34 years old. I'm learning this. I'm the same age as Travis Kelsey. I'm trying to exercise and do all kinds of things that used to come easy to me. They're not easy anymore. And the body hurts a lot more now. And it takes a lot longer for things to go away when they do hurt. So I I just want to see a little bit more caution moving forward with the Chiefs Hall of Fame weapon because they cannot replace him if he goes down. And today was a really good reminder of that when he left the game. I mean, I'm eight years older than Travis Kelsey, Steven Serta. And they're the same as me and my friends that once you turn 30, like we in your 20s, you just jump off a skate ramp and you'll bust your knee and you'll rebound. You'll be back in like two seconds. Once you turn 30, if you hurt yourself doing something, you just look in the mirror and say, this is permanent. Like, this is me now. Like, I will limp every day for the rest of my life. And I think that that might be factually true for Travis Kelsey. Obviously, he's a, he's a much superior athlete than either one of us. And he'll he'll be able to rebound back from things. But it's fair to ask at this point, like, I'd hope this isn't true, but his 1,000-yard his season streak is in jeopardy. We're five weeks into the season, and he's not on pace. You know what I mean? And and he does probably need the veteran rest that you're talking about. Um, he's on his second injury of the season. And that doesn't mean he's not going to come back and maybe get 1,000 yards next year, even if he misses it this year. But throughout the court, like, like nobody had, like he got injured his first year in the league. And then he's been healthy ever since. That's an unbelievable durability streak. Like just by like sheer chance coincidence, he should have gotten blindsided in the knee by now in the NFL and had something happen over the course of his year. Like, like, like knock on wood, but Travis Kelsey has been due for an injury for a while by NFL standards. Now, God, I hope that this is the worst that it gets and that these are he's getting that these are the injuries we're getting out of our system and he's going to move forward and he's going to be great. But yeah, I do think Andy Reid needs to kind of mitigate the like the risk factor because you're right. The wide receivers took a step forward today. I thought Kadarius Tony probably played his best game all year today, but he still had 26 yards receiving on five catches, right? Like Justin Ross had a couple of really good looking grabs. He also had a couple of drops. Like Rashi Rice had a had a touchdown, but like none of these guys are like consistent game breaking players for you, you know, on offense. Um, the only guy that you can really count on when the chips are down is Travis Kelsey. And that makes sense. Like how many NFL offenses, like you have Patrick Mahomes, future Hall of Famer, Travis Kelsey, future Hall of Famer. How many NFL offices offenses have another future Hall of Famer? on their team. Like, like, like it's rare to have two future hall of famers on offense at at one time, let alone like, you're not going to have three future hall of famers on the offense. So yeah, you lose Kelsey, you're smoked. And we think, I think, I think we saw that at the end of the first half, the chiefs offense didn't look nearly as good as it had earlier in the game or later in the game when Kelsey was on the field. And offensively, I still think there's a lot of things to be desired right now from the Kansas city chiefs. They don't look explosive. They're not getting big chunk plays down the field. A lot of the passes are short to intermediate stuff. And I know Justin Watson had a nice big play today. That was a huge play in a moment where they really needed something to happen. And Mahomes just heaves one up to Justin Watson. He goes up and gets it. And it wound up being one of the bigger plays of the game because that was the drive that Kelsey wasn't in. And they, they they wind up going down and scoring on that drive. And it was massive for the Chiefs. But... This is another game where Patrick Mahomes hits 10 different pass catchers and somehow Travis Kelsey winds up with 10 catches for 67 yards and a touchdown and leads the way in the wide receiver room. Rasheed Rice has four catches for 33 yards and a score. Justin Watson's got two for 56. One of them came on that big play. Justin Ross had a couple of nice catches, but also had a couple of drops and Kadarius Tony comes away with five catches for 26 yards. Now, I agree with you. I think Kadarius Tony looks good today. And 
Uh, I think what was more most encouraging about Tony was that he was not shying away from contact today because they weren't using him downfield. They were using him in the short game a lot to try to just get him out into space and see what he can do with all of that twitchiness and all, all of his speed. And he, there was just wasn't a lot there that way today, but Kadarius Tony was getting out there and he was taking a lot of hits and, and trying to play. So that makes me feel good about his health moving forward. But I, I think definitively, like we've been talking about for weeks now, Tony is kind of on a snap count. He, he has kind of got a cap that they're not willing to cross with him. And that's going to limit what he can do on a weekly basis, barring a uh, big splash plays and stuff like that. I, I think the more encouraging thing is that Rasheed Rice continues to get more and more involved and he looks good when he gets the ball and his ability to break tackles and, and keep things moving after the catch is what's going to make him a really valuable asset moving forward. And it's really nice to see Justin Ross get involved. I know he had the drops, but the high point catch that he went up and got and climbed the ladder, went up and got the football with a defender all over him. That's something that the chiefs have not had at the wide receiver position in a while, at least not consistently. And that's something that we know Justin Ross brings to the table. And so that's something that I want to see more of this offense is still a very big work in progress in my mind, but we are seeing those guys take some of the steps. It's just that, we had these questions all off season long. Like what's this thing look like when Travis Kelsey starts to slow down? Maybe right now he is just not healthy and that's what's slowing him down. And that's what's hampering him. Maybe it, it, the age is finally catching up to him, but I think it's safe to say that I, I don't know if this thing is going to work quite as well. If some of the young guys don't step up and make a dramatic impact because you can't necessarily just believe that Travis Kelsey is going to be this all world weapon moving forward, especially if he's banged up at this age. Well, and also let's, let's, let's not just, just avoid the elephant in the room. You know, yeah, Kelsey is banged up at this age. And we, we want, we talk about the development of the young wide receivers and this guy more, what we hoped he'd be. Absolutely not. Does Rashi Rice need to take a step forward? Yes. Does Justin Ross need to improve his root tree? Of course. He's a kind of a one trick pony at this point, but, Let's not avoid like the $11 million elephant in the room, which is Marquez Valdez-Scanlon. We say, oh, well, Marquez Valdez-Scanlon is what he is, but he's not even he – he isn't even is what he should yeah. be this year. Coming in today, he's averaging less than a yard per route run. He has one reception for 12 yards. He has, he has 116 yards receiving through five games this year for $11 million. Dollars for eleven million dollars, bro. That's on average to get like I, I'm not even gonna do the math on that, but we're talking like a million dollars for every 25 yards you get receiving. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's the biggest racket in the history of football, and and the worst contract for this season, like per dollar for what you're gonna get on the field if this keeps up. Like, of all the players that need to step up, like he's never gonna be your possession guy. He's always just been kind of like a down the field guy. But right now he looks horrible. Like he looks like a scrub. And dude, you're making eleven million dollars for one reception in twelve yards. Get out of town, man! Like that is not. You need more out of Marquez Valdez Scantling right now. I, I think that there is some frustration with the way the Chiefs have handled him, uh, at least from my perspective, because. I think that he had some really key moments for them last season and obviously some key moments in the postseason where he came up big and had a big game, had some monster catches and things like that. And I think that kind of carried over to this season because I think prior to the postseason last year, you were just like, oh, easy offseason cut candidate, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And then he has the big postseason, has those huge moments, and I think that the staff kind of bought into it and said like, you know, we have this veteran presence and we really appreciate what he brings to the locker room. And we believe that he can, you know, in another year with Mahomes, he he can get these things going, but he's exactly who we've always known that he is, which is a totally inconsistent NFL wide receiver. And, and, and that's just who he is. The chiefs overpaid him when they brought him in and then keeping him around for another year, I think, just hurts the offense overall because it's slowing the development of the younger guys that we've seen beyond the field and see and see in small glimpses look like they can be more impactful than he is. And his stab count is going down, 
but he's still running 50 to like 60% of the snaps on a weekly basis. Like he's still out there a lot and doing absolutely nothing in the opportunities that he is on the field. So I, I think that ideally we'll, we'll see the snaps continue to just go down for him. And ideally at this point, see the snaps for Sky Moore continue to go down. I, I've been the biggest Sky Moore supporter out there, but it's just not happening. He is not a contributor. He is not making an impact in any way on a weekly basis. And so Justin Ross and Rasheed Rice look like the guys who have the biggest chance uh, of maybe giving you something this season and being impact players outside of Travis Kelsey, because that's what the Chiefs are desperately looking for. Like, I, I am I am becoming a bigger and bigger Justin Watson fan on a weekly basis, even though I don't think he's overly talented because Mahomes does have this connection with him where he can make some big splash plays and he really likes him. So he'll find him down the field once or twice a game, but that never manifests into anything more than two catches for 55 yards or something like that. That's not enough. That's not going to get it done offensively when you're the Kansas City Chiefs. And so they still have a ton of things to figure out on the offensive side of the ball. I will say that I thought Isaiah Pacheco, I, I know the yardage didn't wind up getting there today and, and looking like a monster performance or anything, but Isaiah Pacheco continues to look like outside of Travis Kelsey, he might be the best offensive weapon that the Chiefs have right now, aside from Patrick Mahomes and, and Kelsey, because he runs hard every single week. He had some nice gains today, he had 16 carries, 55 yards in the score. Only averages 3.4 yards uh, per carry. But I also think the Chiefs didn't lean enough into the run at times in this game where Pacheco was looking good and picking up chunk gains, but Andy Reid kept throwing. And I think some of that was game plan where they're trying to attack this Viking secondary that has gotten torched all year long as opposed to they've been a little bit more solid against the ground attack. So some of that is game planning by Andy Reid. But I thought Pacheco... If they would have kept feeding him the way that we saw them do last week, I think Pacheco would have wound up with a bigger day. I think another encouraging thing is that we can continue to see Isaiah Pacheco worked into the passing game a little bit more. He only had one catch for nine yards today, but we've seen him catch more passes than he caught like all of last season, I think, through the first five games of this season. So that's an encouraging thing, and he's obviously somebody that needs to be more involved in the offense because he continues to look like he can be a difference maker. And right now, I feel like the offense is short on difference makers. The offense is short on difference makers, and you're right. I think Isaiah Pacheco is an emerging star at running back. Um, yeah, his average per carry wasn't there, but, I mean, for the second straight week, out of the gate, he got the team going. Like, that first drive, he looked awesome. And first half last week, he looked awesome. But he's that guy who gets you, who shoots your your offense out of the gate like a freaking lightning bolt. Um, but like, like, man, this wide receiver room, there was a lot of hype about it coming into this year about, about what we liked. But let's be honest for a second. Like, Brett Veach is maybe a Hall of Fame GM. Like, he's won two Super Bowls. He like like he's the guy who spotted Patrick Mahomes. He built an amazing secondary, an amazing offensive line. The linebacking core is awesome. The front four is usually pretty great. They could have been better today, but they still got to the quarterback. Like he's built a great roster. But let's talk about the like, can his team scout wide receivers? Like they drafted McCole Hardman, and we and we, don't, we won't even get into who was drafted after McCole Hardman. They drafted Sky Moore. I mean. George Pickens went after Sky Moore and he went off today. Like it's not like nobody knew who George Pickens was coming into the draft or in general. Like and I, like Rushy Rice looks great, but like like in 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 retrospect, like 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 are they good at like identifying wide receivers? They paid MVS all this money coming off a 460 yard season and free agency. Like like can they scout wide receivers and surround Patrick Mahomes? with the receiving talent that he needs. Because Travis Kelsey was already here. Tyreek Hill was already here. Like, show me the wide receiver or tight end talent that Brett Veach has identified, Brett Veach's scouting team has identified and brought in that's a difference maker. Like, I just, I don't see it at this point. And I'm a huge Brett Veach fan. I mean, he's brought this team to oh. Super Bowl. So we're splitting hairs at this point, but... Is that the blind spot for him? It's, I mean, the wide receivers have not been good. Uh, the, the, the drafted wide receivers have just simply not been good. And yeah, that's not what you want to see 
Uh, Rasheed Rice is showing signs of promise, and, and I still think he could develop into something down the line. Uh, all of the positivity that I had about Sky Moore coming into the season is gone. Um, I, I can't do it anymore. I can't keep talking myself into it. He is not a contributing player. And I, I don't think that he should be getting the amount of snaps that he's getting on a weekly basis. I know those have been going down. I think they need to go down more. Like he's simply not accomplishing anything for them. And a lot of people I'm seeing in the comments, I want to remind you guys too. Uh, leave your comments, hashtag AP rapid reaction. We'll get some observations before we get out of here at the end of the show. If you're listening on the podcast, we'll have all the post game press conferences immediately uh, or for you immediately after the break. Um, but Sky Moore isn't contributing at all. It, it, it's not even just that, you know, he's had a big game and, and a quiet game. And then like these games where he disappears. No, he's absent all the time. Uh, aside from like, I think he had one big 50 yard gain. And that was really just a, a busted play where Mahomes found him down the field and there was nobody around him. Like he's not making plays at all for your offense. And so we're, we're five weeks into this thing. And I feel like the chiefs still don't have an offensive identity outside of, Patrick Mahomes trying to make plays and holding to the onto the ball way too long because nobody's getting open downfield and it's slowing down everything else and hampering everything else offensively. And then Travis Kelsey doesn't quite look like himself, but they're still feeding Kelsey and he's still making enough plays to be effective, but he doesn't quite look like the dominant Travis Kelsey that we've seen in years past. Now, defensively, I, I think there was some frustrating things today, but for the most part, going against this Minnesota Vikings offense, going against Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, Kirk Cousins, like this is a Minnesota Vikings offense that is much more talented than their one in four record. Now, this is a Minnesota Vikings offense that can score with the best offenses in all of football, despite the fact that they don't have a particularly good offensive line. And I think the only frustration that I really had with the defense today, one, I think Legarius Need had a bad game today. He had some really bad moments um, after really, you know, I think he had a bad um, first game back after dealing with a knee injury. And then I think he had really been coming on in recent weeks. And I think he had a down game today. I think Chet McDuffie was great when he got the opportunities to make plays. And overall, I was pretty impressed with their secondary. Now, some people might be saying, well, they kind of let the Vikings back into it at the end of the game. I think the secondary was absolutely gassed. And that gets me to the thing that I was most frustrated with from this Chiefs performance on Sunday. And that's the Chiefs defensive line. Now, I know Chris Jones got a sack and that was great. And they, and Mike Dana gets a sack to end the game on, on fourth down. Uh, no time left on the clock. And I think they wound up sacking Kirk Cousins three times in total today. So they were getting a little bit of pressure on him. But this Minnesota Vikings uh, offensive line is not particularly good. They've been giving up tons of pressure, tons of sacks on Kirk Cousins. And the way the Chiefs defensive line had been playing, I was expecting them to come out there and just dominate that offensive line. And I think the secondary played better than the defensive line did today. But then late in the game, you could see the secondary was absolutely exhausted because those Vikings pass catchers were running them all over the field. And the Chiefs defensive line just simply wasn't getting enough pressure on Kirk Cousins. Oh, without a doubt, the Chiefs defensive line was the biggest disappointment for me today. You got nothing out of the edge rushers, like like all your like like I mean, so Mike Dan, I, um, but like like George Karloftis and Felix Anaduki Uzama got nothing out of them today. Um, like it just wasn't consistent. There was no consistent pressure on Kirk Cousins. He 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 had all day to try to navigate the offense. And yeah, you could say that the Jerry Sneed had a bad day. But he was going against Justin Jefferson more times than not. And Justin Jefferson finished with less than 30 yards receiving, right? Um, like the secondary, they were gassed at the end of the game. Um, and you saw some other guys, you know, kind of step up. Like Jordan Addison had a decent game. But even he was still kept under 70 yards receiving. Like this defense did a pretty good job considering this, this passing attack. The Vikings passing attack is really, really good. And you shut down... Justin Jefferson. I think if you come into this game and you say, okay, Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson are going to have less than 80 yards combined between the two of them. We're going to walk out of here with a victory. And that's what the Chiefs defense was able to do in the secondary. Now they got to put more pressure on the quarterback. Um, I'm starting to wonder if Chris Jones sitting out. this is kind of back-to-back -back weeks where he may have looked a little tired towards the end of the game. His conditioning an actual issue for Chris Jones because he, he says it's not 
because he was training in Miami, Florida, and that's hotter than it is in Kansas City and yada, yada, yada. But, like, is it? Is it really? Can you really replace missing an entire training camp and all those preseason games and getting into football shape? Like, is is conditioning still an issue for Chris Jones is one question. And then the other one is, can the, can these defensive linemen beat their beat man on man like without blitzing like like can they just man up and beat guys on a consistent basis and put pressure on the quarterback and they've done it thus far this year but today it just like it just wasn't there man like and so i mean you don't ever want to be a debbie downer on a victory like did she's come out with a with a, with a victory against against the minnesota vikings who are a potent offensive passing team their running game is garbage though like let's not act like like Alexander Madison is anything is to write home flaming about. Flaming garbage. It is flaming <laughs> garbage. So they're a one-dimensional team. So you should, in theory, be able to shut down the passing game, right? Which they kind of did. But like, why aren't you paying your ears back and just rushing the quarterback every single time then? Because Madison is not a threat, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, and I want to be clear here. I'm happy the Chiefs won. <laughs> like they're four and one. They're taking on the Denver Broncos, who look like the worst team in football right now. Like after what the Bears have done the last two weeks, like Denver looks like they are the worst team in football. And I know the Chiefs game was on, but I don't know if you caught this, Rocky. But during that Jets game, Zach Wilson throws an interception. Patrick Sertan Jr. in celebration picks it off inside their own five yard line runs it back to the opposite end zone in celebration while the Broncos are down three points and Russell Wilson has to take over at their own three yard line. And then they immediately turn it over and, and it, and it's a, it's another defensive touchdown for the New York jets. Like just an absolute dumpster fire of a team. So it should be easier on Thursday night when the chiefs take on the floundering and tanking Denver Broncos. But this was a kind of, this was the type of game where I think this Minnesota Vikings team is much better than their than their record. But it, it, it's just another game where I, I was really hoping we would see things open up offensively. And, and the defense was a little bit of a letdown, but I, I'm willing to let that slide because it's such a talented offensive unit. I think the pass rush should have gotten home a lot more. I think Spags was having to dial up blitzes way too often today to try to generate pressure, and that burned him a couple of times. That's not what you want to see, but there might be something to the fact that those guys are just worn out and they're tired. And I, I think no matter what Chris Jones says, there's nothing that simulates live action NFL games on Sundays and getting those reps. And so him not going through training camp, him not going through the preseason, I think that is something that affects you. And, and it might be a few more weeks even before we feel like Chris Jones is really in that football shape. But the most frustrating part was I, I've just been looking for so much out of this offense because we're so spoiled now and we're so accustomed to Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid always figure things out. They will always make it work, but now, and I still have faith that they can become a better version of what this is right now. My only issue is that I don't know if they truly have the pieces this season to really be anything more than they are right now. And that's, what's concerning to me. That's the biggest red flag I have coming out of this game because it, they got one monster performance against the Chicago Bears who have one of the worst defenses in the league, and that's a team when you're a team that's the caliber of the Kansas City Chiefs, you absolutely stomp that football team. That's what they did in that game. But before that and since then, they've kind of looked like an NFL average at best offense. And that's not the worst thing in the world when your defense is playing like it's a top five unit and the defense was still good enough today to get the job done. And I think the defense can still be a top five defense moving forward as they get some things figured out and get guys healthy and whatever, like Nick Bolton still wasn't on the field today. And Drew Tranquil after stepping in and looking good over the last couple of weeks, didn't have a great game against the Minnesota Vikings today. Drew Tranquil had some bad instances on Sunday. So I, I think the defense is still is still showing all the signs of promise and I'm still very optimistic of that unit overall, but I am legitimately concerned about the offense moving forward. And, and what happens when you start going up against these truly elite teams, when they go up against the Miami dolphins, when they go up against the Buffalo bills, when they go up against the Philadelphia Eagles and, you know, Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow looked better today. He looked like that calf might be getting better. 
And if he is getting better, we know what a problem the Bengals can be offensively. I'm just questioning right now where the Chiefs have somebody who's going to step up and and where that thing, where this offense is finally going to take off and look like you can go to another level because through five weeks, it looks like kind of an average offense. And I I just don't see who's going to be the difference maker to change that anytime in the near future. They don't have that guy on the roster currently, in my opinion. And like, you're right. This, this Chiefs offense looks like an offense that's good enough to win a mediocre to bad AFC West right now. Like the Raiders are terrible. The Broncos are hot are a hot mess. The Chargers are so so, right? Like like the Chiefs are going to win the AFC West this year. But do they really have the firepower like you said to go toe to toe with Miami and Buffalo and you know and 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 Cincinnati when they're healthy or in the or even if they say they get to the Super Bowl to run with the likes of San Francisco, right? Like right now like like, can they win a 38 to 35 football game? Like, I don't see this team putting up that many points. And you say, okay, well, like, like Mahomes said this week, like, okay, we're developing the receivers. It'll help them if I play better. But like, I just don't see this as that group of guys. Like, like, like Mahomes has always had at least one guy that he can go to, and it's always been Kelsey. And if Kelsey's going to be kind of banged up and back and forth and not yeah. quite himself this year, then, then what else? Like, 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 art, like, 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 the, the whole league has been so long trying to catch up to the Chiefs that now they've caught them and the Chiefs have taken a step back. Like, that puts so much more pressure on the defense to perform. I, I do think there's something to be said for the way that they've approached this in the post Tyreek Hill Chiefs world, where obviously last, last season it worked and, and it worked fine. And the Chiefs had this incredibly efficient offense. Travis Kelsey was still an absolute superstar. But you're kind of playing with fire here where you're just banking on Travis Kelsey being that forever. And he's 34 years old. He's not going to be that forever. And when he's not that dominant, always reliable, always on the field, never misses time, never gets injured. When he's not that, we see what this thing looks like right now. And it's kind of a product of their own success because they they put all these investments on the offensive line. They have Chris Jones uh, on an expensive one-year contract. They bring in Charles Amenahu and you know, they're drafting and developing all these key members on the defensive side of the ball that look like impact players and all of that's great. But offensively, it's a lot of swing, a lot, lot of swing and misses at the wide receiver position since the Tyreek Hill era. And that's the discouraging part is that for this offense, it seems to be able to just make it work with whoever they have out there. So far this season, it's been kind of working, but not working all of the time. And that's concerning. And uh, and I would say that through five games, it's a lot of instances of it just not working. And Mahomes not looking like himself, being inaccurate, not finding guys down the field, not showing chemistry with the, with the pass catchers that are on the field. And that's the biggest concern that I have moving forward with them. But I, I feel like this is a super negative post-game show, and I really didn't want it to be. The Chiefs We're are four and one. They get yeah. they get what should be an easy win on Thursday night football at home against the Denver Broncos. They should absolutely demolish that Denver Broncos team. They are are hot garbage, and they just lost to the Jets and Zach Wilson. And they are getting absolutely trounced by everybody that they pay that they play right now. Uh, Sean Payton looks like a dumpster fire as a head coach. Russell Wilson looks totally washed up. That should be an absolutely dominant Chiefs victory, and I hope that it is, and I hope that they absolutely crush them. And then we sit, get get here on Thursday night, and we're like, everything's good in Chiefs kingdom, and everything's great again. The offense is amazing. But this is just what I saw when I watched that game today, and it was frustrating. It was a frustrating game to watch. It, it was an annoying game to watch, and you know, thankfully Travis Kelsey is healthy and hopefully on a quick turnaround, he's going to be ready to go for Thursday because I'm curious how this thing's going to play out. If for some reason he has to miss any kind of time here in the near future. Well, and what we're seeing now is quite honestly, the, the fruits of the Chiefs' success, like, like in the heyday of Tom Brady in new England, a 12 win season wasn't good enough. Like you, like you were expected to go and compete for a Super Bowl and most likely win a Super Bowl every single year. Now, obviously, he didn't win a Super Bowl every year, but every year that the, that the Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, the fan base felt like it was a letdown season because that's what was expected, and that's 
and rightfully so. And that's the expectation. That's the level we're at with Kansas City right now where we expect to compete for a Super Bowl every single year. Winning the division and and, and winning 12 games at this point, it's not it's not the expectation. Like the bar has been raised to a point where it's just it's, it's not good enough anymore. Now, should it be good enough? That's an argument for another day. But at, the, but at this point in time, are, the Chiefs have shown us such a high quality of product for such a, a, a long period of time that now anything less than that seems like a letdown. Yeah, and, and I think that's why I'm probably coming off as negative, and I really don't want to because – but it's just that the quality has always been so high. And last season it felt like Patrick Mahomes' MVP year, no Tyreek Hill, and this offense – is is crisp and smooth and runs as efficiently as it ever has you kind of just expect that on a year-to-year basis now and it's just not really working that way this season now i think juju smith schuster gave it everything he had last season and kind of fell apart this year so it was really smart to move on from him i was ever in favor of bringing him back so i don't think that it's the juju smith schuster uh less wide receiver room i just think that coming into the season having that many questions in that room and and at that position was something that we should have taken a lot more seriously than we probably did and and it continues to show up it doesn't mean they can't get better as the season moves on but right now it's kind of a frustrating product to watch because we're so used to it all just working and kind of being easy so Chiefs win improved to four and one they are still have one of the top records across the NFL And they have a Thursday night matchup against an absolutely garbage Denver Broncos team. So that should be an easy win on Thursday night football for this Kansas City Chiefs team. Hopefully they improve to five and one. But let's get to some comments and observations before we get out of here. We're not going anywhere with this offense. Play calling seriously, especially when we play Miami, Buffalo, Philadelphia, even Cincinnati. We'll get exposed seriously. Um, Again, I, I don't think it's even the play calling. Uh, I I think it's the personnel. I think it has everything to do with what is happening on the field. And you're seeing a lack of chemistry with the wide receivers. You're seeing guys really struggle to get open. And that's the issue is that Mahomes has always been able to rely on Kelsey, uh, especially like when he sees a team drop into zone, Kelsey just kind of freelances and does whatever he wants, finds the open space. Mahomes hits him big 20 yard game. Sure. But we've seen him be able to do that with Tyreek Hill in the past too. And then last year it was just, everything was so efficient and everybody was where they needed to be when they needed to be there. And so it was just beat the zone, beat the zone, beat the zone. And then as the season went on, they got better at beating man coverage because they struggled with that early in the season. I think right now you're seeing guys not really beat either one. (laughs) Like you're seeing Travis Kelsey kind of do what he does and make some plays, but not doing it at the highest level that we've seen him do it at because he's injured, because he's aging, whatever it is. And Andy Reid's calling the plays. Mahomes is trying to run the offense. But if nobody is getting open anywhere across the field, that's why you're seeing Mahomes hold on to the ball for so long. I don't think it's play calling. I think it has everything to do with their skill position players not being able to get open and not being able to create things downfield. Well, and and coming into today, the Chiefs have been horrible against the zone. Like you're looking at like like like, like receivers like average yards between per route run against the zone. We're talking like guys running like like zero point four nine yards per route run. Like 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 Rashi Rice was the only guy I think it was over one point three yards against the zone per route run coming into this game. And then you look at Rashi Rice. And he's the only guy on the offense that doesn't have a single reception against man coverage in this in, in this offense. And you're like, okay, so like everybody can't can't beat the zone except for Rice, but he can't beat man. So like, what are we gonna do out here? And man, at this point, like you can enter a donkey in the Kentucky Derby, but it doesn't mean your results are gonna be good. Like it's like it's not necessarily the play calling. It's you just don't have the horses at this stage in the game, I don't think. And they thought they did. And a lot of us thought they did. But, I mean, there's a big difference between preseason success and actually playing games that matter. And we all we all, we all, all fell for the fool's gold of preseason success with this wide receiver room. And we got a lot of guys who are – we got a lot of number four wide receivers on this roster. And they're winning the games that they're supposed to win. So that's the good news. That's what you need. 
you know, they dropped the week one contest to the Detroit Lions. Obviously, we know that was a tough game. Offense, not overly impressive in that game. Dominate the Jaguars, win 17-9. to Offense, still not overly impressive. Offense dominates the Chicago Bears, 41-10. to Chicago Bears, one of the absolute worst rosters in the NFL. Beat the New York Jets, 23-20. to Jets, incredible defense. We saw what they did to Josh Allen week one. Zach Wilson also just has a game where he's playing absolutely out of his mind. And then they beat the lowly Vikings, who have a great offense, terrible defense, but the offense still doesn't look overwhelming. You can call it negative if you want. We're just explaining what we're seeing during these football games and why there's cause for concern on the Kansas City Chiefs offense moving forward, because this is a large enough sample size now where I feel comfortable saying these things uh, about their wide receivers. Like they're, It's a huge red flag for them moving forward. And we can't always just assume that Patrick Mahomes is going to make them better and and turn them into some high-powered offense. Sometimes you just don't have the bodies to pull that off. Next comment from Pete. Uh, good Chiefs win somewhat. Really liked what we saw with the offensive play calling uh, being changed up with two to three-step dropbacks, killing them in the short game. We don't have a deep threat. I, I mean, I agree, and but this isn't a new thing for the Chiefs offense. They've been... They've been doing the short intermediate stuff throughout the entire season so far. It's it's a reason that they don't look explosive. It's a reason that Patrick Mahomes can't take these deep shots down the field because they just don't have guys creating separation and getting open. And the reason I was so optimistic about Sky Moore is because I thought he was going to be that guy. I thought he was a guy who could create separation at the line of scrim- scrimmage and get open with his route running. And it has not manifested at all. It just has not translated to the NFL. And maybe we were overly optimistic about a small school player uh, coming from that kind of college program to Andy Reid's offense in the NFL. But I thought he had the tools there in place to really be a contributing player. And it just hasn't happened. And at this point, I've pretty much lost all faith that it's ever going to happen. No, 100%. I think level of competition in college – had a huge factor in disguise success, especially when you consider his size and his agility and like vertical numbers. He came out of the combine. He 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 he, he, he didn't have good vertical numbers. He wasn't very agile. And I'm at the point now where give me level of competition and then show me college production, right? Like I, I'm done with small school at the wide receiver position at least. Like there's other positions that are fine, like running back, sure. That's fine. But a wide receiver, I want to see you beat power five cornerbacks who are trying to press you. I want to see an SEC wide receiver that, that went against Nick Saban's secondary and had some success. Like, show me that guy, and then I'll believe in him. Because anymore, like, I just – I, I we burned too much with these with, with these sort of guys. And we need – you need more than that in today's NFL – like you gotta be able to hit on T. Higgins. You, you, you need to go find a DK Metcalf or a Puka Nakua, yeah. even right. Like like or George Pickens. Like Chiefs passed on George Pickens to take Sky Moore, and he was taken right after Sky Moore. Like 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 it's not like Pickens was an unknown commodity, right? And so, I mean, come and- like 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 I understand there's a, there's a sort of player you want, and you and you're trying to replicate something. But go with the best player available, for goodness yeah. sakes. And in all fairness, uh, Sky Moore was kind of like a draft darling for a lot of draft analysts. There's a lot of guys that really liked him. And you, know, you, you look at the tape and you watch what they do and you say, like, that can translate to the NFL. Well, got a pretty large sample size of Sky Moore right now, and it just has not translated to the NFL. Sometimes It just doesn't always work out that way. It just doesn't always hit. The tape doesn't always translate. And... It's a bummer right now, and I'm not saying Sky Moore's never going to turn into anything in his NFL future, but right now, I can't see a reason why he's getting as many snaps as he is on a weekly basis, even though those snaps have been going down anyways. Like, I'm at a point where I'm just like, okay, they need to go down even more, significantly more. Like, he needs to be running a quarter of the offensive snaps on a weekly basis because that's the kind of player that he looks like when he's out there on the field for the Chiefs. But him and Justin Ross need to flip their snap counts. He's Rocky Magania. You can follow him on Twitter at Rocky Magania. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. You can follow Kramer at Kramer Talks. Chiefs win. 
Me and Rocky are feeling good. We just had to vent a little bit and get our frustrations uh, about the team out. We're five weeks into this thing. They're still four and one. They're still one of the best teams in the NFL, have one of the best records in the NFL. And they get a dynamite matchup against an absolutely atrocious Denver Broncos team on Thursday night football. So we're going to feel good by Thursday. We're going to go through all the tape here at Arrowhead Pride. So make sure you're locked into arrowheadpride.com for all of our coverage ahead of the game. Everything that we have breaking down this game and everything that you need to know coming out of this win over the Vikings. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. And we will talk to you guys later on this week with everything you need to know ahead of Thursday's game against the Denver Broncos. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. After the Chiefs' 27-20 win over the Minnesota Vikings, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, defensive lineman Chris Jones, and cornerback Ladarius Sneed. We'll go in that order, starting with head coach Andy Reid. Travis uh, hurt his ankle, came back in and finished. Drew Tranquil likewise hurt his knee, finished. And Mike Dana hurt his ribs um, that last series, but um, ended up having a sack on the last play. I mean, that's kind of the epitome of what went on tonight um, or this afternoon here. Uh, the guys, they really played hard and aggressive as a team. I mean, there were some great individual uh, efforts, um, but I thought overall, just what a tremendous job! It was great to see our fans here. A lot of red in that in the lower bowl there, and uh, we 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 felt you. So, um, you know, Pat, it was ten for fifty-seven, or excuse me, thirty for forty uh, for two hundred seventy-eight yards. Good day there. Kels was that was the ten for fifty-seven there, and kind of was out for a bit and sucked it up and came back. Both Watsons uh, had big plays. What can you say about Snead? I mean, Snead, this is the best receiver in the National Football League, or at least one of them, and <clears throat> arguably the best. And um, you know, he he went toe to toe with them and uh, tonight, sir. So it was a great job. And then Justin Reed starting it off with the with a big hit and the fumble at the beginning. So it was a good all around game. Special teams were solid. Kevin Williams had a couple of nice returns. So just all the way around, it was good. Through that sequence from your standpoint when Travis goes out of the game and then there's halftime, were you clear that he was coming back? Or how did, how did no, no, I wasn't clear um, uh, until he came out and told me. So you guys probably saw that. But you know, he said, just give me a minute. I'm, I'm going to get this thing right. So he did a bunch of drills on his own there, just working with it. You know, our training staff was working with him during halftime, and Rick does a great job. He, amazing. So. Andy, how, how vital was the third and 18 play um, your first drive of the second half? You know, Pat got sacked. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What, what, what well, he did a great job. It was, I mean, they blitzed, zero blitz, and, and uh, Pat put it up, and Watson went up and made a phenomenal play. I mean, great play. I thought our receivers as a group did a nice job. You know, the, um, the young guys stepped up, had some good plays, had a couple drops in there. We'll, we'll work on that, but they're growing, and uh, I thought they were they were very respectable tonight. Same with Rice's touchdown too. I mean, he was going to tremendous get job. Yeah, two of them. He had yeah. two two catches, a big third down, and, and so I mean, he he really did a nice job. 
Andy talked about the job Snead did. Can you walk us through the fourth and eleven? What you saw from him on that last play? Yeah, so he was just jog, running with them. I mean, it wasn't he wasn't grabbing them or pushing them or anything. He just that's how they were just running down the field. So and the ball was, you know, obviously it wasn't catchable. So, but he um, he, he did a nice job. I thought shadowing him. You know, I thought it was a good call. I mean, I thought it was a, I think picking picking the flag up was probably the right thing to do. They they communicated, which. That's all. That's all you asked for. I mean, those well, one guy. You know, they're they're human beings, so they're working on it there. Fans were really yeah, fans are incredible. When you come out and you see all that that red, I mean, that's uh, that's impressive. Um, especially when you have the, the purple. I mean, it's purple here. It's a lot of purple, and so. But to put the red in there, I mean, that was a that was a great thing. And you've got to the team to win back-to-back tough road games. Yeah, yeah, they're a tough bunch. Uh, I appreciate that too. I mean, they they work hard every day. They work hard, and <clears throat> we're working on getting better. And this was a a team that we really respected, and uh, and what they've done. So we knew it wasn't going to be an easy battle. Let's go Adam and goodbye. What was Travis's message to you when he was out? Like, oh, I'm coming back? Or he said, "Just give me a minute. Let me see what I can do here." Did you say that at the start of the third quarter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's why you didn't put him in on that drive. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he, he went back in at one point, started to, it looked like you pulled him back. We were rotating him in and out, yeah, just uh, just trying to make sure he was good. You know, he he's pretty convincing, so I just want to make sure, you know. <clears throat> and the other thing is just what, what, what in your view, happened on the fake punt? Yeah, that was pretty nice. That was a sweet play by them. So we we had a pretty good idea they were going to fake it, but they did a little revert, you know, double double there, and uh, they got us. So. Have any sense that Travis is to the locker room? Um, they're looking at it, stuff like that. But um, I, I knew. I mean, obviously, all that hurts. But and if Travis is out of the game, it hurts. But I knew he was trying to get back in and. I feel like Travis has the same mindset as I do. You give him the window of, like, he can get back in the game, he's going to be back in the game. And so, uh, competitor, man, um, that's why he's one of the greatest, is that he'll battle through stuff like that and came back and made a lot of great catches for us. Speaking of which, that third and seven pass, I'm still not really sure how he caught it, but you don't want to talk about mm-hmm. it. What was your view of that? Yeah, no, it was um, – the, the, the DB played good coverage. I mean, it was man coverage. Um, he played outside leverage. We were trying to run out route type thing. And I stepped up in the pocket and I was just, just giving him a chance. Just put it up to the big guy, and uh, he uh, he made a tough catch. I uh, held on to it through the in, into the ground. Um, and once you're on the ground, you just got to get touched if you have possession. And so uh, it was a big time catch and a big moment in the game. And we obviously were able to go down and score after that. Yeah, yeah, we had um, we really try to do our best against this defense to have answers versus their cover zero package and their blitz package, and it's hard to prepare for. I mean, I'm, I'm be honest, it'd be like preparing for Spags. It's like, you man, this is tough, and so they do a lot of good things. They have a lot of good schemes, um, and so we had that was the the option versus cover zero. Obviously, we didn't want it to be that far backed up, and so the guy that was guarding, uh, I think it was Marquez, fell off. And uh, I didn't necessarily see it, but I put it up there for uh, Jay Watt to make a play, and um, he made a play for me. Um, and so that was a big drive. That started that drive and got us going on the, on the out of the half, and um, we were backed up, and that could have that really could change the game. Patrick Rush, said that on the slant play, that was something you worked on, not knowing what coverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, we, that's stuff that we've been trying to just keep those young guys learning. Uh, learning uh, versus coverage not always going to be perfect. Um, and I thought he did a great job. And it was right after, I think, the one that went over the top that we didn't work on that one, and he saw it, made adjustment, and made a play on the next one. And so that's what it's going to take. Um, it's going to take a lot of guys that, as they get reps, learning from, I don't want to say mistakes, but learning from the miscues or whatever you want to call it, and then executing the next play. Um, and, and they got to know that I'm going to keep firing it to them. I mean, that's just my mentality is I'm going to keep throwing the ball to them. And you know, I think you saw a lot of young guys step up and make plays uh, today. I don't, I don't, I don't like to talk to Travis when he's hurting because he's, he's a mean guy. So I, I did not, I did not talk to him at halftime. Um, but I kind of just peeked in there and, and and looked at Rick and just asked said about how we feel and he said he's gonna try to see what, if he can, if he can go. So at what point were you aware he was coming back in the game? When he came back in the game? Um, yeah, I didn't. I saw him actually on the sideline on that first drive. Um, 
it was kind of the role reversal. It was like me in the playoffs. I was just standing there on the sideline trying to get back in. So, uh, no, but uh, I thought those other guys stepped up. I mean, that was a big drive at the end of that half there uh, for those guys to step up, make plays. Um, Noah always does a great job when he gets those opportunities. Um, and then we were able to kind of mess with the personnel a little bit and, and kind of have something going until he could get back in the game. Yeah, I mean, we, we, have, uh, we have guys that – where it might have been maybe a three tight end set, we throw a receiver in there or and stuff like that, and we have guys that are able to learn that know the offense and can go out there and do that. So uh, um, we prepare for that stuff. Um, you can't always prepare for everything, but we try to prepare if someone goes down or if something happens, how we can still run our plays. And uh, Coach Reed and the uh, coach staff does a great job of that. A couple more guys. Patrick, Justin Ross, uh, gave you know, great against the mm-hmm. floor, uh, Yeah, no, I think he played. Thought he played well. Um, I mean, everybody knows he has the talent. Um, and so he made a lot. He made that big-time catch in that second. I think it was 18 or something like that. Um, and some of those other plays, I mean, he, he, he has the talent. We're going to keep bringing him on, and we're going to keep moving him around in different positions. Um, but, uh, I mean, there's a lot of young guys out there, and we're going to keep everybody moving and, and going in the right direction. And I think by the end of the year, we're going to be dangerous because you're not going to know who's going to get those opportunities throughout the game. Yeah, I mean, it, he's picked up what we've given him. I think we're just trying to – Find ways to integrate him in the offense. I mean, we, like I said, we have a lot of guys, um, and we but we see his talent. I mean, we see what he what he can do and how the plays that he can make. And so we're trying to do whatever we can to put him in those positions to go out there and make those plays. And as he gets more and more comfortable, just like any other like rookie in a sense, um, we'll keep giving him more and more uh, chances to go out there and make plays. Last two, uh, how ad lib was the player? You were it basically looked like a basketball pass to Travis that you guys were coming out. Yeah. Yeah, we try to go off a like kind of a little pump screen and slip uh, not uh, slip uh, Tony down the sideline, and we um, we freaking I pumped and the corner fell off, and I, I stepped up in the pocket, and Travis is supposed to be on the sideline, and luckily he was running across the field. It, I have those moments where I'm like, uh, I'm, about, I'm about to get crushed, and then I look over and 87's just running free. So uh, he's a he's he's been with me a long time and knows how to get himself open whenever the he gets an opportunity. Last one. Yeah, no, it, it's special. And um, honestly, I remember when we played at Arrowhead a few years back, and the Vikings fans traveled well. Um, and and I remember it, it, it. To me, I was like, man, I, I hope we have that same thing. And I think that just speaks to the Chiefs kingdom. Is they came out here, and you could see the red in the stadium from the get go. You could hear the Chiefs at the end of the uh, the national anthem. Um, and they traveled well, and they support us, man. And I, I'm uh, I'm glad to have that fan base back of me every time, no matter where I'm at and where I'm playing. Um, Travis Kelsey, he played how Travis played. Um, he battled through an injury. He was able to come back, show resilience. Uh, glad that he was able to, you know, come back on the field and join us. But he did what Travis does. Chris, did you notice a lot of the game with fans? I don't think the noise from the Chiefs fans Yeah, one thing about um, Kansas City fans, uh, I think they're some of the best in the world, especially in the game of football. And, um, they travel well. They travel well. Um, give us a lot of support, and uh, we hear them screaming. We hear them doing oh, so it's, uh, it, it feels amazing. And um, knowing that you have that much support in the house. We're still building, man. It's still early. Still building. Uh, getting the chemistry along the D line. Um, still always a challenge. Uh, but most importantly, getting getting everyone going. I played exceptional today. Um, hats off, go to those guys. If we had a game ball today, I'll give it to the whole back end. Um, they held their own, especially against a great wide receiver and a, and, and a heck of a quarterback. So um, hats off to them. Last two, we'll go Nate. Chris, it seemed like today you guys listened quite a bit. Uh, I just wonder what does it feel like to. to have that many calls and that it works and then to win the game at the end with the defense? Uh, I'm not a DC. Uh, I'm just a part of 111. And um, whatever, whatever Spags come up with, he's been in this game a long time, had a lot of success within his defense. Uh, we trust and uh, we try to execute to our best ability. Well, what, well, what does it say when you guys win the game on defense? Uh, I, think, I think it's... Um, it's a fair trade, you know. Um, we keep them under 20 points. Offense score more than 20 points, we win the game. And um, 
if that's the way it can go all season, then it's going to be a heck of a season. But I think we can be better on both sides of the ball, continue to challenge each other, and uh, we'll see you guys Thursday. Last one, Harold. Chris, overall, the defense with this game, especially the you know, it's always a challenge when you're going against a, a heck of a quarterback like Kirk Cousins. Um, no matter how good or how exceptional well the offensive line play, when you have that smartness behind those guys, tends to get gets the ball out faster, tends to call play action passes. And, and force the D line to kind of hold up on their pass rush. So I think they've done a tremendous job on um, adjusting to what we like to do best and um, getting the ball out early. So kudos to those guys. Thank you. I'm curious, what did the referee tell you about that fourth down play where they initially threw the flag and then said there was no penalty? Uh, they didn't tell me anything. You know, they, was, they got together and told me to move back and put my helmet back on. Uh, yeah, I knew it was uh, fourth down, and I knew uh, they had to go to the end zone. So I played off at the sticks and, you know, get my head back. Uh, literally, if it's for you put your helmet back on, can you take us through when they did throw the flag and the emotions there? Did you know you couldn't take it off? Oh, uh, yes, sir. I knew I couldn't take it off. It just, no, I was caught up in the moment, and uh, I just told them that I'll put it back on. I told them put it back on, I'll put it back on. Oh, you know, I've been preparing all week. You know, Coach Ben installing in me what to do and what not to do. And, you know, I just come to work and do my work. Are those kind of some of the assignments you kind of look forward to getting those types of matches? Oh, yeah, it's very challenging. I love it. You know, challenges, I love to face them. And, you know, I love to just go out there and work. Uh, I know we got a lot of work to do. You know, we're still progressing, still trying to come together. You know, we're piecing it together. A lot of work to do. As in technique, what to do, you know, situations, and all of that. Jerry, do you agree that it shouldn't have been a flag on 4th and 11? Repeat. Do you agree they should pick up that flag on 4th and 11? Of, of course, because I got my head back. And uh, Derrick, where you guys are thinking like four penalties uh, on the defense, Oh, you know, as a defense, that's careless mistakes. You know, we got to stop the penalties. You know, we 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 home on that, and coaches home on on that as well. You know, eliminate the penalties. What do you think of Travis today? Adult, adult. He's out there one leg, man. Good. Thank you. Thank you.